0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the safety brief today. You recognize most of the faces on the screen, but for those of you that don't recognize me, I'm standing in for the esteemed Elizabeth today. Um, As the moderator for this chat, we are going to be talking all about BlockWorks' core values, their origin story, what we use them for, how we use them as a competitive advantage, um, and where we roll from there. So let's just do a quick audio check around the board. Mike, Matt, we got you?
1: Good here. Good here.
0: Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get right into this. Um, it might help to give a little bit context and background of kind of where we all came in to the Blockworks core value process and their development evolution, uh, just so we give the listeners a good idea um, of where our perspectives are coming from. So, Hornsby, at what point in the Blackworks of, of evolution of core values uh, did you kind of enter the scene um, in terms of their creation and proliferation they're in
1: yeah emily it's a good question and kind of thinking back to you know spring 2019 i finished up boot camp in the marine corps basic training and follow on school in december started interacting with rob i want to say that february uh and i want to say when i came on board in the spring we we knew had a general idea of of kind of the the culture character we wanted to um Cultivate uh, within the organization as we grew, uh, but we didn't have anything like transcribed to my knowledge or written down. I know Rob has always carried, um, you know, his his tenants, if you will, with him for far longer than Blockworks. But specifically, um, I remember one that was a precursor uh, to Yolo Bus was like red breaded pork chop, just because it was such a goofy phrase. You smiled when you heard it or said it, and it was just the the gist of in IT insecurity, you will encounter stress. Uh, We know the statistics around mental health and in InfoSec and cybersecurity, right? So just some levity being required at every turn uh, was always kind of there from my beginning, uh, You know, just being able to operate with that. But from there, obviously they became more further uh, formalized and fleshed out, but I'll never forget red bread and pork chop. It's just a a hard phrase to forget, but uh, one that was kind of a precursor to uh, the levity we know today is Yolo Bus.
0: Awesome, and we might circle back to why it's named Yolo Bus and throw you under the bus a little bit as we do That's so, fine. but uh, we'll get there. Uh, I was the next iteration of coming on board at Blockworks, so by then the the core values were fully established, and I was actually asked in my interview what each of them meant to me um, and I was shocked by the process of, not that it was asked in an interview question, but after that interview that they were actually discussed on a regular basis um, and not in a way that was just, you should be following the core values, but like in an actual, we live and breathe, this is the framework of who we are at BlockWorks. Um, And we've gone through and and done some updating. So for example, winning and learning wasn't always winning and learning. I couldn't tell you right now what it was right before that but that's a that's a shift we made um in the last six months or so it means the same thing to us but it's uh winning and learning is our new phrase right so we've gone through and updated as as time went on but we're holding true uh, to the core of those values. So that's kind of where we were at um, when I came on board about two and a half years ago now. And then Matt's the newest to the team. Tell us a little bit about, uh, Matt, what you experienced from the outside perspective of these core values and then now your feelings uh, internally.
2: See, this is where it gets fun because I started working with the group small scale around the same time that Mike actually came into the company so i had the unique ability and the unique pleasure of seeing everything develop but not being part of the fun so uh i was like the kid that was stuck on the other side of the fence while everybody else was having fun and i, I never and i never got to to do anything i just got to look through the, the the little slats of the the fence and be sad um so i i got to watch all of this develop i got to see how everybody started where everything moved to and just watching the overall maturity of how everything came together and where it is now is honestly it's what really drove me to make the determination and the decision to finally listen to mike and uh you know pick up my ball and go join the party instead of you know playing solo ping pong against the table myself
0: there you go and is everything that mike promised you in terms of these core values kind of proven out or how is your how is your perspective or perception changed now that you get to play in our sandbox with us
2: oh, such a liar paul bunyan lied to me yeah you are alive right now matt <laughs> <laughs> no everything everything has been like in fact if i were to say anything i think he undersold it honestly um Coming in, seeing how everybody works, seeing how the team gels together, looking at the process that everybody goes through uh, as part of, you know, even being a part of the team. The process is laid out in a way that by the time somebody joins, you already know they're going to fit. You already know that they're made of the same material that the rest of the team is made of. You're not going to have somebody come in that's going to appear as though they're going to be a perfect fit and end up taylor swifting the entire organization up from under you that's right i had to go there it's relevant it's a relevant analogy it it's a relevant it's analogy
0: it's an absolute relevant analogy for those of you that are not following the taylor swift situation <laughs> to bring you into context She has recently started going to NFL football games and the NFL broadcasts have become more about Taylor Swift than they have (laughs) about football to the point where in the last game, they cut to Taylor Swift 17 times during the game, which there's not a whole lot of that many more drives, right? So like literally every drive they were cutting to Taylor Swift. So it's a question of becoming a distraction. Or how is this being handled in this environment?
2: Just gonna throw um, this out there. Brittany Mahomes wasn't even this much of a distraction,
0: right? Amen, amen. And she tried; she tried really hard to be a distraction, um, but it was a little bit more of a flash in the pan distraction. But in this case, I'm not so sure she's trying. Taylor's trying to be a distraction so much as we're conflating it to be mm-hmm. said distraction, right? Like there's there's a little bit different, and we'll. We're not going to go completely off the rails here, but of course, we had to bring in, you know, pop culture of the day um, and where that stands. But that speaks into really, let's talk about what our core values are, right? Because I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. some people um, watching or seeing that that may not actually know what one of those core values is. And it's not listed. As a core value, but not becoming a distraction, um, is is kind of one of them, and it's it's a little bit um, of an unwritten core value, which might make its way into our vernacular and purview, but we say it a lot: is one team, one fight. Um, and focus to mission rather than focus to self. And a lot of this comes from our, our military heritage and military background, but it's it's really speaking to, it's not about a single person and whether a single person may shine. Like for example, Hornsby is about to go kill it on stage at Mission Control, speaking with Lima Charlie. Um, Fulmer in the last quarter has killed it with Jake in terms of this uh, reporting context. So we do a lot of really cool individual things, but at the end of the day, it's all about one team, one fight. How can we um, hold the long view, is actually one of the written ones, and then defend livelihoods therein. So I'm going to kind of call an audible here, staying with our uh, NFL theme for a moment. we are always asked in our interviews what core value means the most to us um, or meant the most to us or has the most impact for us. So I'm going to I'm going to throw that at you guys uh, today in terms of context of what core value um, means the most to you in an effort to kind of define our core values a little bit for people that may not know exactly what they are.
1: Uh, that's a good question. So I guess I'll lead off um I know that I knew we need to pick our favorite, but, you know, if there's five, I guess I can will it down to two specifically. And they're related. Um, you know, I joined I joined BlockWorks at a unique time. Uh, my wife and I had our first child, uh, you know, literally about a year prior. Uh, and now, you know, I can't believe in April it's going to be five years. But I mean, we've, we've effectively grown a family uh, while I've been here. And so holding the long view has always been. One that, regardless of the type of day, the type of tempo that the week throws us, in cybersecurity or even life, right? I think hold the long view has had both personal and professional implications. And I think, just as an aside, that is going to be, I think, the common denominator that separates the core values that we have against platitudes on a wall or on a sticker or on a, a website, because that's where they stay at most places. I've personally experienced, but you know when they're invoked often verbally at the at the uh, on the team that you're on, uh, when they translate to both your personal and your professional life. Holding the long view means I should not be burning myself out at work because of the long view for the company as well as myself, right? And so each of these really interweave elegantly to our own personal lives. Because what is the long view? The long view is none of us are gonna have cybersecurity really written on our tombstone, right? That's not the legacy maybe we wanna leave. And so with that, I think good works is that close second for me that um, that really truly what we do in the form of defending livelihoods through cybersecurity prevention is incredibly important. Uh, but in, in the midst of that, there is still human suffering. There is still pain that we experience outside of solely cyber. Right. And so being able to partner with organizations like Operation Underground Railroad and Flanders Fields, Ben and Jessica Owen, um, you know, it does. It truly means a lot because you have organizations, you have people out there that have dedicated their nine to five for caring for humans in a real tangible, kinetic state of matter way um, that, you know, not everybody has the position opportunity means and resources to to do and so for our team just being aligned in the fact that hey we get to do what we love the the gifts that we've been given but it also goes to some form of of tangible real good um you know i know ben and jessica visited hawaii recently within the scope of the uh the, the aftermath there and what they've gone through they're actively involved in veteran uh rehabilitation and reacclimation, whether they're just Departing active service or departed service a long time ago and struggling with some demons in their life, but um, I, I'd have to say it's those two really truly because they I think they feed off of each other. Number one, hold the long view informs us as as cyber practitioners that we need to take care of our partners not today, but including their future. Uh, It's not about a bottom line. It's not about a four to five year agreement that our sales team doesn't even operate with candidly uh, because we need to to remember what they need in the future. It may be different or include something they need today that they're going to need down the road. So I think, again, if I had to choose one that's really reverberated for me, is holding the long view, what does that mean? It means choosing the right thing uh, down the road, even the exercise that Matt and I and the DevOps team went through this summer of holding the long view. Hey, what does this look like if we perpetuate this week and this goes on for 36 months? Like what, what does that look like? What repercussions are gonna come up for our partners and their quality of life and their cyber posture in three years from now? So even being able to pivot to 12 month retention, that's been something our partners have been asking for a long time to be compliance ready you know again it, it's come up in so many ways but hold the long view for me as a big uh and then do good works right right there with it because you know i think it assumes the long view in mind
0: love it matt go for it which one means the most to you
2: i'm i'm gonna have to go a little bit different than than uh you know paul bunyan there um i'm gonna say i mean well i i love the two that that mike has chosen believe me they are absolutely amazing love them but with everything that i went through prior to coming to blockworks one of the biggest things that i can honestly say that i appreciate the most is the candor hammer that is is you know transparency being able to speak honestly being able to speak openly it's a big thing if you are in any kind of an environment and you ever think maybe I shouldn't say that because somebody won't appreciate what I say, you're in the wrong place. 100%. Either you're in the wrong place or they have the wrong values because you should never, and I am going to, I'm going to just absolutely throw this down. You should never feel like you can't speak openly and honestly and if you feel like somebody's going to attack you for that, that's a problem. That is a very, very big problem. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. Here, everybody's open. Everybody's honest. If something doesn't work, nobody holds back. They'll say, doesn't work. You go through, you fix it. You make it work. You get it to where everybody can get on the same page and you move forward. That's a big thing. Now, to go along with that, you have to have the ability to win and learn. because I've said this before. I will say this countless times. I don't I don't listen to my own advice when I say this, but that's just kind of a common thing. Mike is up there laughing because he's told me this repeatedly. Um, we don't learn from success. If you're successful, and you're doing things, and you're achieving them, you're not learning anything. All you're doing is repeating stuff that you already know, stuff you've already learned, stuff you've already mastered. You need to fail. You need to fail to grow. You need to fail to learn. But you need an environment where when you fail, you are not held to the fire. You're not thrown under the bus. You're not feeling as though oh god i can never recover from this you need a place where when you fail what you're going to hear is how do we do this better how do we not have this happen next time what can we put in place to ensure this doesn't happen that's a big thing i've i've worked at you know where i was before not not the one that I'm talking about, but before that, when I was at McAfee, McAfee was a fantastic place. I learned a lot, but if you made a mistake there, God help you. It honestly felt like, you know, you were never going to outlive making that mistake. You couldn't grow. I mean, I I spent more of my time in fear that I was going to make a mistake than actually learning things. And that, That doesn't help at all. And then I left there, went to a a startup and found that startup life is substantially better, Um, mainly because you're not set in your ways. There's more agility. You You can transition if you need to. But if you're not winning and learning, then ultimately
0: you're failing. excellent i second matt on the winning and learning and when i first came on board it was culture of competency is what that um core value was and i spoke in my interview about how we must clearly care to have experts in the room and we must clearly care to have the best ace in their place and i think that feeds it's, it's true, and it also feeds directly into winning and learning, because we have a culture that even if you are the ace in its place, you can still make a mistake. You can still safely fail and fail forward um, and figure something out. And it also ties into we have a culture of mentoring and growing people in the field. And it's something that we've spoken about on the stream before is that we hire for culture and we'll train for skills. So there's so many things out there that say there's a, there's a dearth of talent in cybersecurity and there's so many open jobs and not enough people to fill the jobs. And really, it's not a job problem. It's a people not willing to take a shot and letting people fail problem. Um, so that's a, that's a huge deal is we are willing to allow people to win and learn. And that's across the board, allowing people to win and learn, um, which ties into candor, being able to admit when you make a mistake, right? We're not in an environment where you feel like you need to sweep a mistake under the rug and just hope it's never found out. Um, you are much better served wearing that badge proudly of, hey, I screwed up here. How are we gonna fix it? How are we gonna make it you know, better? How are we going to use this to our advantage? How are we going to be stronger as a team uh, because of it? And it's a big, it's a big deal um, alongside that. So that little impromptu discussion covered four of our five um, core values. The last one is indeed get on the Yolo bus, which is the one that Hornsby referenced at the very beginning as red breaded pork chop. Um, so first Hornsby, if you can uh, tell on yourself as to See, why it's, funny. it's now called Yolo bus. <laughs> you hear bus. it,
1: it's just funny. It just it's sounds <laughs> funny.
0: It's great phrase. Where That's it came phrase. from?
1: It just makes me what That's it all means? It is. I have no clue. It just sounds funny.
2: It just sounds could funny. be a kids nice. could be a kids right. television show. You know, the next thing we tiger up. Hold or on. something. Y'all, y'all chat. I'm gonna figure out where this came from.
0: All right, Matt's gonna figure out the origin of red bread. At Perfect. Portion. I want to say, if you can't find something real, Matt, I think it's actually might have been from a restaurant menu from a team meeting. That we were all, uh, that not we, I wasn't there yet, but that the original originators of the core values um, were at, and it was this delicious thing. I, Rob may need to correct us on that one if you can't find a true it. cultural reference. But, I,
2: I can't find a true cultural reference on okay. it. I can find pork chops and red sauce, which now we're well, hungry. I so, think it might have right. been
0: um a foodie menu side note on that if rob ever invites you to dinner to some quirky place just go it, he has he has vetted it and it is delicious like
1: yeah
2: hey the italian the place core, that we um, went to while while everybody was here i have rep- replicated that recipe that i ate there, there because go. of how oh, it was good right
0: oh he's yeah. good he has got a hidden talent on this for sure um but good. Before we get too off track, because apparently we're all hungry. Uh, Hornsby, <laughs> could you tell us why it is now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, absolutely. So, we're at a, a, a what is, a, I want to say, a precursor to what is currently our our EOS offsites, uh, where we take place quarterly, kind of separate ourselves from our normal four walls around us. And we, we gather together as a team and kind of strategize what the next uh, quarter or year may look like. So it's an it's an intentional, uh, heavy. Uh, how do you say it's just a, a heavy, heavy-minded environment, right? So we're all focusing, we're all we're all working on what we need to do and planning for the future, and uh, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there uh, in the in the meeting conference center or whatever, and I look outside the window and I see a like a bus a public transit bus no difference in the cta in chicago or just just a normal bus and it literally says yolo bus written on the side of it like the whole bus in size like four foot tall letters yolo bus and i i just sit there and start laughing and kind of like when you're called out as the kid in the middle of class who's supposed to be paying attention and you just start laughing and you immediately like differentiate yourself from your peers they're just like what's up you know like all eyes stopped on productization innovation development and just like what is this funny right and i'm just like the bus outside is and it says yolo bus little did i know we were in yolo county california and so their their buses were called Yolo bus, and it was before the whole Yolo thing became a thing and whatever. And so, uh, a lot of people maybe at work use the phrase "hop on the uh, struggle bus." Uh, we 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 changed the bus route, I guess. We made it Yolo bus, and and that has uh, stood as a core value to this day. Again, in the midst of what we're working on, it is mission filled, it is purposeful, it is necessary. Right, work will always be work, uh, but there has to be some levity, which builds camaraderie, which builds morale uh
2: essential to that team and those core values. So that's that's kind of where that's that's where it came from. It's really fun to see everybody and how they actually translate that. Oh yeah. You know, into everything. And and I can honestly say that is that is a value that I'm working much harder to try and embrace. Um as you mentioned, I have a problem with disconnecting. Mm. So you know that that's that's something that I need to definitely work on. I need to steal the keys and take that for a ride.
1: That's right. Well, the cool thing is, is they all they all interconnect, right? So the embrace candor is I get to be, you know, uh, not called to the pavement in a negative way, but I get to be on it, like lovingly talk to you, uh, you know, and said, hey, you know, it, it seems like you may be dragging you got this and this and that going on at home. Is there anything you could delegate? Is there anything you can elevate, right? That's, that's part of the core value. You see embrace candor in that. We see winning or learning in that. We see hold the long view in that, that if I burn myself out at mile five in the marathon, I'm not going to be at 26.2, right? And so that's what I just love about each one of these is that they're so uh, truly, you know, dovetail well together. Um, but yeah, no, you top, take the keys, run out with the yellow bus. You know, if it's a yellow Humvee, there are no keys. So, if someone tells you to go find the keys. There are no keys to the Yolo Humvee. Let's just hop in and start it. So,
0: there you go. That's a and nod it, it to a military
1: hazing, by the way. For anyone who's not aware, Humvees do not have keys. So, new privates, new recruits, or newly deployed Marines to the fleet, whoever they are, if they're told to go get keys to the Humvee,
2: they ain't coming back anytime soon. That's the whole point. So there's no keys oh, that's to the what humvee. You do when, you, when you don't want somebody around i got
1: you yeah go get the keys to the humvee you know and then it's one of those things where it's like you're too far gone to even ask at that point it's like and then if someone tells you to do something you're like i don't think they have keys that could be interpreted a certain way so yeah anyway <laughs> hop on the yolo bus that's where it came from there you go yeah
0: all right and it it takes some time matt to fully embrace the, the yolo bus it, it, <laughs> It's okay. It is. It is okay. Either you
1: find it or it finds you. You know, at some point, destiny. If it finds runs me, I have forth. a feeling it's going to be because I got run over and you were driving. Yeah, <laughs> thrown in front of the bus at Blockworks means something different. You know, I just want to throw that out there. It's yeah, we've redefined that term.
0: It's very true. All right, so I've pictured up on the screen all those core values. Quick summary for you guys, so that you can see what we have just been chatting through and working with and rambling on about. But those are our core values we're going to pivot the chat a little bit into how we use this as a team which is going to make this more applicable uh, to our MSPs and those watching Um, and the question is how do we keep these core values top of mind without just beating a hammer on it every day and making people just so annoyed hearing about the core values so how do we the question is how we embody them and keep the team fully aware of them without making it a you must comply sort of situation?
1: That's a great question, Emily. I think candidly, you know, I think uh, with all of our, the majority of our workplace history is going to be comprised of negative consequence models rather than positive reinforcement models, right? And I see this as a parent, uh, like beneficially. I see this as an adult beneficially is that we, we have far too long reprimanded negative behavior rather than encouraged or incentivized good behavior, right? And so what does that look like, right? It's it's the difference of, I asked my five-year-old, my three-year-old, uh, who sometimes gang up on my wife and I, it seems, uh, to do something, you know, we can positively incentivize, hey, listen, this time is yours. If we're able to get this cleaned up, we can go hit the pool, we can go hit the beach and be back and get dinner and go to bed, right? Hey, okay, well, it, it if, if you're working and doing what you're supposed to, everybody wins. Right, rather than hey, you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to be penalized. So, what does this look like in cybersecurity? You know, I had one really creative uh, partner who who uh, passed this along, so I can't take credit for this, but they are effectively rewarding users for providing evidence of enabling MFA on business accounts or all work accounts. Right. So, how do we take the negative? Oh, it's cumbersome. It's two factor. It's it's a drag. How do we make it fun? How do we gamify it? How do we create a positive spin on it. And, you know, and so what they did is they reached out to each one of their clients. They said, all right, hey, you know, as an MSP, we have, you know, 25, 35 customers, whatever it is. The first top three, to get back to me with like 100% users that have enabled MFA, whatever gets like $250, $100 and $50 Amazon gift cards, right? Like they just came up these really creative ways to incentivize positive behavior. And what does that bring us? That brings us to BlockWorks's core purpose is to defend livelihoods. So how do we do this? And it's with prevention. So rather than go and be so far into the weeds with well, now this is what's going to happen. And if you get an encryption event with ransomware, it's going to take this much effort and this much energy, right? That's that's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. How do we put a positive prevention spin on it? Not to like nullify the reality of it. That's not the intent. But how do we create a positive idea of cybersecurity? How do we make it, you know, everybody becomes a stakeholder in it? And so I think, again, there's ways... To embody some of this and what does that do? It holds the long view, it, it results in winning and learning. You know, it just a lot of that stems from it. But I think specifically creating a a positive, you know, obviously along the lines with hop on the yellow bus, but a positive spin on, you know, yes, these are plaguing issues, but how do we combat them in a way that they can be prevented, specific to obviously cybersecurity prevention?
0: Yo, not anything to add there?
2: I think you're right. It has a lot of this comes down to communication. Now, I mean, we've seen, obviously, there's articles out there that, you know, they use titles to try and grab your attention. And it has nothing to do with anything that you're actually reading once you get in there. Like, you know, man finds four-headed bat. You go in there and it's a man found a shiny rock along the the beach today. It's like nothing to do with anything that you put in the headline. Why? No, you can't bait and switch people like that. So a lot of what what I find is the communication aspect has to be on point. And I mean that's it's one of the best things that you can actually do. If you if you have that, you're set. Just yeah.
0: That's about it. There you go. All right. Now we talk a lot about we even have a presentation about how you can use these core values to your competitive advantage. And I want to pivot this to how our partners and msps can establish these same core values that jump not the same core values necessarily but their core values that jump off the page and can in turn be used as a competitive advantage because we all run the risk as marketers or as people marketing our business saying well our people are the best okay we all want to believe our people are the best and, and your people may legitimately be the best but how are you utilizing your core values or your descriptors or how you're operating to truly prove out that they're the best. Um, and so this is a little bit of the, the how do we apply this lesson um, to other MSPs or your advice on how they should apply it, uh, either in the development of the core values or in the use of them um, for a competitive advantage.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I'll speak briefly. And I know Matt's had a really unique uh, perspective working in teams that, you know, there are core values, but it may not be as big of a permission to play and and drive everyday initiatives. And, And I have too, right? I mean, again, I've been in the private sector. I've been in the Marine Corps. There are obviously honor, courage, commitment. Those are the core values within the scope of the Marine Corps. But you can just tell who takes those and makes them four dimensional, who actually applies them to their practice, and what does that result in and results in trust. And so, you know, something that I think post 2020 went through this large rebrand effort as a, as a team and, you know, wanted to become more aligned with our core values and how we positioned our, our brand. Um, And one of them was this line that came from feedback our partners had given us, you know, what's the biggest differentiator about BlockWorks? What's the biggest thing that sets apart this and that? And it was just a trusted partner that has my back. And it was so common through every single interaction is that at the end of the day, you can have core values. But if people don't see them and feel them in real time, uh, then there's maybe just a lack of trust at the end of the day, right? It's like, yes, you can say these things and do another, or you can just chalk it up to that's just the way it is in the industry. Because candidly, with us being so prevention centric, we are a bit of a black sheep in this pasture. We, we are different. We are far more niched on looking at prevention centric, left of boom controls um, than others. And that doesn't make those other firms bad, that doesn't make other practices bad, but prevention is unique, it is rare in this space to be able to talk optimistically about cybersecurity prevention. And so I think again, being on a, a bit of an island prevention centric wise, but also making sure that if we do embody our core values, not everybody will take that and add capital there, but you know, the, the right partners will. And so being able to go into a, a scoping call with a partner and talk about what they need, talk about what we do and honestly telling them, I don't know if this is a good fit you know, honestly, what is that? I'm holding the long view. I'm defending the client, right? It's just a matter of saying, hey, based on your needs, here's what we're best at. Here's what we're not great at. But we're not going to tap dance to just make up something we do based on your need, right? Like that's not just, we're not going to just do that to make a sale as a company. We're not just going to do that to assuage a concern and win a call or whatever it is. At the end of the day, we want to find both the the needs that meet our niche and the partners that value that that prevention mindset, because it is a mindset. It's a far it's far before it is a, a difference in action is a difference in thought. And so uh, with that, you know, we got to find partners that align with that prevention centric mindset before we can even talk about here's the technology, here's the ones and zeros, here's the uh, the deep learning we apply and the machine learning algorithm in the cloud and all this, right? Because at the end of the day, we do believe they are partnerships, and when we take special care to say that over anything else so i would say specifically uh how do you apply that to your everyday life how do you apply that to your business is if you're thinking you know what is the culture that my my company embodies and what are my clients feeling if you're asking yourself that question as a team lead as a ceo as a founder go ask your team first and and that may that may create a bit of a pucker factor for some people at the end of the day right they may not maybe want to hear that answer but again embrace candor Another core value is we're going to go, we're going to have the hard, honest conversations. Hey, XYZ engineer, hey, XYZ admin assistant, or whoever whoever it is at the company, what is the culture like here? Because if your employees give you an honest answer to that, you're going to find out what the culture is for your clients at the end of the day, because that's, that's who they're being served by. So I think as a practical application, take inventory uh, internally first of what is the culture like at your organization. And it, it doesn't mean it's bad. But how often do you take inventory of it? How often do we talk about it? And that goes to Matt's point of being able to speak freely, genuinely speak freely, uh, that if there is something wrong, if the body is hurting, that we can say, hey, you're walking with a limp. Is something wrong? And there's no intent to call that out to make fun of or belittle or degrade. It's, hey, I genuinely care about you. Let's talk about this. So I'd say that is a practical takeaway. Let's touch
2: on that for a second here, because I I got a few things that I want to kind of dive into that you, you referenced, but... First off, you talked about the whole, you know, let's take care of each other. Let's make sure everybody is okay. All right. September is basically, you know, it's called self-care September. I don't know where it started. I don't know who started it. I don't care who started it. I care about the message. Actually, I don't care about that message because it's an incorrect message. It should not be just self-care September. Self-care should be all year long. If you are in cyber, if you are in any kind of IT, your job is chaos. You are dealing with things that you really don't. I mean, it's going to be absolutely stressful. It's going to wear you down. Every day, there's a new threat. Every technically, if you really want to get down to it, every couple seconds, there's a new threat. But you're not privy to all of that because only the big ones ever make the news. It needs to be a yearly thing. We move into October as Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Okay. One of the things that you can do as part of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, check in on your people. Make sure your people are good. Because I can tell you this a lot of them probably aren't. Make sure that they are okay. Now, you were talking about the communication aspect of things. Again, now I've had a few conversations lately where people were recommending things and they said, Oh, well, what do you find is the most effective way to prevent, uh, you know, threats in your environment? Okay. The key word there is prevent. So their list of things, and mind you, this person had a very fantastic title, uh, that makes you think that they should know a lot about the industry. Their recommendation was to use Microsoft Defender along with any number of programs that are 100% proven to not even be remotely prevention-based and barely would qualify as detection-based from my testing and how bad they actually are. But when prompted and said, why don't you have anything prevention-based on there, the response back was along the lines of, it doesn't work. Really? It doesn't work? I've, I've been throwing everything I can at prevention-based solutions for over five years. I think I've had one instance where something got by it, and that was a misconfiguration. <laughs> you can't grossly say things don't work. But that goes into the holding the long view. You said we're the black sheep. We're the ones that are the outliers. We're the ones that are going to be on that outside looking in at everybody else that's you know drank the Kool-Aid. And they're all about certain known names with certain reputations. And they want them because I know who they are. Great. MGM knew who they were. How'd that work? So you're going to encounter things. You're going to encounter pushback. You're going to have people say, well, I don't know what this does. So I don't don't think that it's going to be the best. Okay. Hold the long view. You're going to see the shift towards prevention. Cisco said it the other day, and then for some stupid reason acquired Splunk, that they wanted to focus on prevention. Cool. Let's focus on prevention by spending billions of dollars on a company that just basically tells you that something's in your environment. Well done. I think they were just trying to pay their bill. I think that's all they were doing. Really. That's all it was. But you're going to have that pushback. Stay with what you know. Stay with what you have validated. If you've done the work, you've done the efficacy testing, you know where everything stands, you don't have to worry about somebody pushing back. Because in the long run, you're going to be able to prove them right. And then it's not about saying, I told you so. It's about saying, how can I help you? How can we make this better? How can we learn from what we have encountered? and both move forward to win.
0: I distinctly remember in one of the very first sales conversations I ever sat in with Hornsby, I was just riding Sidecar and listening to, to him go about his work. Um, someone said, I need to stay with my current solution because they've been around longer. Um, and we had a sidebar <laughs> chat about the fact I that the Catholic this. Church has been around for a really long time, <laughs> does that necessarily mean that it's the best solution, right? And I, wow. I remember. He, <laughs> he stopped short of saying that loudly in the call, and I, I, was, I was impressed at the uh, <laughs> candor within that as well, actually, on uh, the holding of the long view of that particular thing. But to, to Matt's point here, trailblazing um, and even being on cutting edge has not been around the longest. But it most likely is holding the long view, right? It's most likely looking at the future landscape and what's going to happen and where things are going to go um, and which bus you want to end up on. And, and no, no offense to the Catholic Church. It has done great many things for a great many people for a great many years, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the it's the church of today that everybody needs, right? Similar to, you know, our past solutions. I, I had to walk that back a little bit. I'm a pastor's kid. Like I can't, I can't defame <laughs> any church whatsoever. I am all for whatever church works for you. Um, but that being said, it's, it's the same concept of, are we holding the long view of what our solution can do and where we need to impact it? And it also ties back into holding the long view, not just for the solution, but for the clients that we want um, at the end of that call to kind of make this a full loop. Hornsby and I had a meeting and we said, this, this person is not for us and we're not going to pursue this sale for that reason. Um, and it wasn't to say, you know, this person's an idiot and we don't want them on our side. This person right. doesn't believe in what we believe. So therefore it's not going to work. It was more so, does this person have a core value match to what we do and there. Um, tolerance for uncertainty or their tolerance for a new solution was so high that to us it was not a value or culture match that made a lot of sense to continue to pursue. So we utilized our core values, not just internally in that, but in the decision of whether we're going to pursue a customer or not. And that is another way Blockworks is a black sheep, right? We will legitimately say this person is not a fit for us and we will boldly tell someone that in a in a meeting you know you know what i don't think that you are the right fit for our partner base um, because we fiercely protect that partner base and we fiercely protect our sock and we fiercely protect our core values and what we can uphold and how that carries on in the conversation and it makes a huge difference so i would encourage you as you go to apply this type of thing use it as the barometer for not just internal but the barometer for who you partner with as well do your partners embody the core values do the bills you pay every month to your vendors reflect Your core values and what you're looking for and what you want to do. And as an organization, we have pivoted internal software, internal pieces, internal operations almost on a dime if we have found that they do not match our core values. And I encourage you to take that ruthless of an approach with your core values and making sure that it is truly a match. um, And you don't have to tolerate something that is outside of your values and outside of your match.
1: Really well said, Emily. Yeah, really well said. And I can, uh, just to double tap real quick, you know, you'll hear it a lot from from the BlockWorks team on these on these streams. We're going through a book uh, from Jocko Willett called Extreme Ownership, you know, and I think where the practical application comes on this is before we could do anything for our clients, customers, end users, partners, uh, we need to first eat our own dog food and practice it ourselves. And so right now, I think there's an opportunity to raise the stock in the market. Accountability, raise the stock in the market for ownership, uh, and that you know within the scope of cybersecurity comes with um, you know being able to know your core values, know your service delivery model, and make sure your customers do too, right? And so, no, really well said, Emily and Matt, uh, to both points of you know where we see core values come off a piece of paper on a wall, and and really walk the earth and become 3d and 4d and and uh, you know where we see the kinetic of byproduct of what is leading a company with core values truly at the helm not in the basement uh, on a dusty wall and it, those were stood up 20 years ago and that was it right keeping those in mind remember where you came from is an important piece
2: also as you know we're, we're going to find and there's a lot of people right now that i've seen that have become displaced unfortunately um, due to a lot of reductions in force, et cetera. One of the things that I would really recommend that you, that you do during your process if you are looking for a new place of employment, ask during the process. Don't say, what is your culture? People are going to give you a whole bunch of things that you want to hear at that point. It's the same thing. It's the same reason why when I was interviewing people for roles, I wouldn't ask them basic technical questions. You can study for those. I don't want things that have been studied for. I want real answers. So ask them and say, hey, I'm just curious. This role, are you uh, are you hiring or are you interviewing external and internal for this? Because if they come back and they say, oh, no, we're only hiring external, That's a red flag. Why exactly is there nobody in that company that was remotely interested in this role? Is there no person in that company that's capable of fulfilling this or moving into it? Or is it because there's no person in that company that wants to put up with whoever is going to be overseeing that role? Or is it such a terrible role that they know that their work-life balance is just going to be non-existent at that point? Ask questions to make sure that you are understanding where it is make sure and and this all comes down to the same thing that everybody should be doing all these core values are designed to better you they're designed to better your company they're designed to help you see what your actual value is as an employee and as an employer if you don't know what your value is how are you going to help value everybody else that's in your organization you can't build somebody up If you honestly don't believe in yourself in the first place
0: on those hiring lines as an employer we would highly encourage you to have an all-team interview Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a practice that we hold tightly to here at blockworks Um, and i was employee number six So I got to be in front of five other people. Fulmer was employee number 21. So he got to be in front of 20 other people, right? But Mm -hmm. it is a full team as much as possible. I mean, we may have had some people on night shifts, so it may have been closer to 15. But as full as possible right this full team interview so you can do exactly what matt is saying they need to be able to see that culture in action and you need to be able to see what's going on so as an employer looking to round out your team get that team involvement encourage an all-team interview it does a couple things it allows the potential employee to really see where they fit and to actually ask those hard-hitting questions that they should be asking um It also gives your team buy-in. We have had some interviews after this team interview. It is not just a rubber stamp situation. After the interview, we stay on as a team and essentially say yay or nay. And there have been a couple situations where the entire leadership team was gung-ho about a person and we did not hire them because the whole team came on and said, you know what, I don't think it's a fit. I don't think it makes sense i don't think it's a culture fit and they were able to see things that we as a leadership team or as you know people that may have known this person in another life um, weren't able to see and they were able to really adapt that on the other hand um, it gives an opportunity for the team to see where you as a leadership team are thinking as well for example Um, Our beloved Jake is very candid in telling me he did not want to like me in the interview, and that is okay. It is 100% okay. He gracefully didn't tell me that in the interview itself, but he now is very proud to tell me that he's like, you know what? I just thought we were in a place where as Blockworks, we needed to be single for a while. We didn't need to bring on a new marketing person. We didn't need to bring on a new salesperson. We needed to be single for a while. And then Rob brought your name up and he just, he told me we were going to have this interview. And man, I really wanted to not hire you when I started that interview. And he said he told first told me this story, not to say that he still didn't want me on the team, but it was to say how powerful that interview is as a team and as it was reflecting the culture and what it meant um, and how if you go into it with the right mindset, like he went into it being willing to be convinced otherwise graciously um i mean he could have gone in and not held the long view he could have gone in and not held the blockworks value and said darn it i I think we need to be single so whatever this woman says doesn't matter i'm going to deny the interview i'm going to deny the hire right but he came in with that open mindset he came in holding our core values so it speaks to having that full team involvement. It speaks to having that core um, that is willing to uphold the core value, that is willing to spread it out into the world. And that's the only way you're going to continue to find people um, that fit those core values from an employer standpoint. From an employee standpoint, if you're looking, which unfortunately so many in our industry are, find an organization that is willing to let you talk to their employees, whether it is in that full-scale interview or whether you can just find them outside of that to really speak to what's going on because as a marketer we can make a job description sound really good as an hr person we can make any company sound super super awesome to work for but it may not be what you think it is right or it may just not be a fit for you right you have to figure out what it is that you're looking for but if you can find some employees that are in similar roles or that are in um like-minded spaces at the company that you can talk to, you're going to be far better served. All right. Final thoughts on our core values, on hiring, on how to move it into the world. What do we got?
2: I really yeah. want a red breaded pork chop.
0: Right? Like,
1: Dude, you and me both. Um, <laughs> No, it's just been really well said. I think, again, I'm sitting here listening to this even after talking with both of you and it just it drives a spirit of reflection. And uh, if you're not comfortable uh, with sitting in your own thoughts, uh, reflection is a good way to get comfortable really quick. And there's a way to spin it, right? I'm not talking about negative self thought or negative uh, anything like that. But I think there is a way to look back, be grateful and also acknowledge where where we can be better, where I could be better as an individual, right, and contribute. And you know, it's also been said, uh, you know, teams are stronger than heroes. I think we're in a, a societal pivot right now, especially with Western culture. Uh, you know, the cool thing about cybersecurity is it's so open source and community driven. You know, it really is about making the industry, the defenders, the front line as strong and bolstered as possible. You know, being at this event, being at Mission Control, hosted by the Lima Charlie team you know presenter after presenter is here's this that you can take back here's this that you can take back here's these use cases i've seen that we've had specific success with in detecting this or uprooting this or you know again and so the the industry of cybersecurity as a whole kind of implies that mindset of of the we before the me you know and so i think um yeah just reflectively uh how can we be better how can i be better Uh, contribute more. And, um, you know, hopefully our listeners, those catching it live or recorded are kind of driven to that same point of reflection is what is the culture I'm creating? Um, You know, especially if you're in a leadership role, you are responsible for the culture you are 100% responsible for the culture you're creating, right? It, it can always be like this blame game and someone well they're negative and they come to work every day and they everybody's got something going on. But what is the culture you're creating in your home, in your workplace, in your personal life, in your own in between your two ears? Right? It, it's got to start somewhere. So just keep vigilant watch over um the culture you're creating internally, mentally and and around you, in your surroundings and Really that's the takeaway, you know, and I could, I could take that to work and be better. I could take that to home and be better. So it's a good, it's a good topic to talk
2: about. I'd say just don't be afraid to take your shot. Winning and learning is one of the best things that you can do. So if you have a shot and you can take it, go for it as long as it's not Friday at 5 PM <laughs> and you're pretty much set. Indeed.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for letting me sub in today on this no, conversation. No, it's been so fun. Uh, it has been great to be with you guys, spend the last hour. Uh, special call out to John Stevens watching us on LinkedIn and commenting along. Thank you so much, sir. Up, it is John? great to see you. Uh, great to see your face. Great to hear your feedback. Um, I'm glad you you got something out of that team interview process as well. So that is fabulous. Uh, thank you everybody for joining.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Emily. Really good discussion, John. And others catching us. Thank you for watching, and uh, hopefully that provided some some good reflection uh, as we move into the weekend here after tomorrow, and uh, take that take that for whatever it's worth, and back to our teams in our own homes.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, for those at Mission Control, make sure you catch Hornsby uh, tomorrow. I believe what is it is at eight a.m. His time. So it is
1: ten twenty-five. Okay, uh, I believe tomorrow. Yep.
0: All right, ten twenty-five for those of you at that event. Otherwise, for I those we'll of you in California events.
2: at that time, good luck.
1: <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed. Yeah, we'll be Stay ahead. in bed.
0: In school drop-off. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you guys again. Thanks, Thank you for those that joined us, and thanks for catching the replay. Talk to you later. See ya.